Have you ever experienced a miracle or know anyone who has? Do you wonder if they're still real and happening today? Well, friend, today in this episode, number 76, I am going to be sharing a recent message that I just gave at our local church. It's called Miracles, Believing the Impossible is Possible. And it's actually a series that we are doing at our church, and it's based on the seven miracles recorded in the book of John. And this is the second miracle in John 4, verses 43 through 54. And our pastor was away at a retreat, and so he asked me to pick up in this uh, second miracle. And so in this message, I am going to encourage you to believe and trust God on a deeper level. And I'm going to share these stories that will strengthen your faith and trust to believe Jesus at his word. And so I'm going to encourage you as you hear the scriptures, as I teach on it too, because I'm going to give you some practical principles that you can apply when reading scripture to engage with Jesus and believe him for your situation. And then at the end, I am going to pray for you. And I want you to believe and receive from the Lord for whatever you're needing. And I would love to know what you're believing God for and pray in agreement with you. So you can email me at Lori at LoriKSnyder.com or message me on Instagram or Facebook at Lori K-A-Y Snyder. So it's L-O-R-I-K-A-Y-S-N-Y-D-E-R. And I'll have those in the show notes. But I want to come into an agreement with you to believe God with you And please make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast and then share this episode with your friends and family. I want to encourage them to believe God for his super on their natural for today. And then also go to Apple Podcasts. If you've not left me a review yet, would you do me a favor and just go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review? That really does make a difference in having this podcast be seen. And then also, if you want to go deeper, I do offer some personal coaching. And that's where I help you connect with the Lord on a deeper level. And we, I help you process your tough emotions and overcome what might be keeping you stuck. And then I help you discover what your heart truly needs to thrive. So message me either email or on Instagram or Facebook with the word thrive and let me know that you want more information on the personal coaching. So friend, I pray this message stirs your faith to believe and trust Jesus and his goodness for you today. All right, here's the message. Welcome to Created to Thrive. I'm your host, Lori Snyder. If you desire a deeper connection with God, want to know your value and purpose, then you, my friend, are in the right place. I will teach God's Word in a simple and practical way to equip and empower you to become who He created you to be because you were created to thrive.
Want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. I'm going to invite you to really open your heart. We're talking about miracles, and a lot of times we can read about the miracles of Jesus and think, oh, that's a nice story. But how do we apply that to our life? So I want to invite you to really open your heart to a discovery process. And I'm going to share uh, a couple of my own miracles and teach a scripture on the second miracle of Jesus, but really, how does that apply to your life? Because that's what it's really about, practical application, and I'm a simple person, and so I, that is my hope, is to um, stir up your faith and belief, to believe God for the supernatural in your life, so we're going to talk about that, and I call these God instances. You know, there's no accidents, there are God instances or um, God opportunities, God appointments, and just to become more aware of the supernatural. And I call that God putting his super on our natural. We tend to look at the spectacular, like, oh, go, like if Fred's going to go fish, go expect to get a coin out of the fish's mouth. Well, that's the spectacular. The supernatural is God with us doing what we can't do through his grace. His grace is enough, but it takes our faith along with his grace. It's a partnership, a cooperation. It's a communion, our common union with Jesus. So that's what I want to invite you into, thinking about, hmm, how can I start seeing God working in my life today? And one of the things that started happening was I started telling my kids, because I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I didn't know how to raise our boys in uh, the Christian faith. And so I really had to learn for myself, and as I learned, I would share with them. And they were little, so I would just say, do you want to hear how good God is today? And they would go, yes, Mommy, tell us. And I would always have something to share. Because Psalm 23 says, surely goodness and mercy will follow you every day of your life. So if goodness and mercy are following you every day of your life, you better look for it, because it's there. But a lot of times we don't expect it or we don't think about it. So I'm going to just help you open up your eyes, if you will, to that. And just to say how this is real, this just happened to us a couple weeks ago. Fred was up here speaking and um, was blessed by that. We were so surprised that our very first pastors of the church, when we lived in St. Louis, Missouri, our very first pastors surprised us, drove an hour, they were in town just happening to visit her sister in Newport Ritchie, drove here, surprised us just to see Fred speak last or two Sundays ago. That was amazing in itself. But then he tells me a couple days later, oh, Lori, I forgot to tell you this. Julie's parents 
happened to drive in from Michigan. Where are you at, Julie? Are you here? There you are. The lights are bright, so it's hard to see. Julie's parents drove in from Michigan, and they happened to come up and talk with Fred afterwards, and they said, oh, we're from a small town in Michigan. Well, we're from Michigan. They started talking. The church that they went to was the same church and the pastor that we were married in 33 years ago. That just doesn't happen. These are these God instances that you look for and go, hmm, what's happening, Lord? This is home for us. The very pastor that married, and Fred and I were not saved when we got married. And it was that pastor, Pastor Garrett, we were the very last people for him to perform a wedding on before he went and did a, or took an administrative position. We were the last people he performed a wedding ceremony on. He met with us extra times and planted the seeds for how we were going to do life with a relationship with God. Why was that important? And he planted the seeds, and six months later, we did come to a saving faith with Jesus at a different church. But that was their pastor. Julie's parents' pastor was the pastor that married Fred and I in a small town in Michigan. God is always speaking to us, but a lot of times we think it's got to be spectacular, something way out of there. It's normal, everyday things, but God's inviting us into them. I call them God kisses when these, these things happen, these opportunities. So do you want to hear how good God is? Start creating your own goodness of God stories because it's, it's his goodness that people want. And our twin boys uh, are on spring break, and one of them we were talking about a week ago and said, Mom, we love Jesus, but we don't want to go to church because of it not being real. This generation, especially, wants to see the power of God real. They don't want to do church. They want to know that they're being the church, the hands and feet, and it's real. And what's been happening with Asbury University, by the way, Fred and I were married in Asbury United Methodist Church. God is up to something. But it's up for us to acknowledge. You know, one of my favorite uh, Proverbs is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways, and he'll direct your steps. How much, if you, if you just acknowledge God, would you start to see his goodness and mercy and to be able to trust him more? So that is what I want to do today, is to help you stir up your believing and trusting God. Because faith really simply is believing and trusting Jesus and then taking a step of action. And it's a step. It's not the whole plan. We want the whole path. God gives you a step by step by step because he wants that trusting, depending relationship upon him. Pastor E talked about uh, last week about being aware of God's presence and then doing what Jesus tells us. Miracles defy logic. They defy natural law. As I said, it's super natural. I'm going to share the first miracle I had. Fred and I had just reconciled. I shared last time about our, um, how we had separated in our marriage for six months. We had filed for divorce. It looked like we were getting, going to get divorced. But God did a really transformative work in my heart and then in Fred's heart, and then 
as we turn to the Lord to really know him and the power of his resurrection, he turned our hearts towards each other, and we began the reconciliation process. A few months later, I was tired of being tired. I had developed uh, underactive thyroid as a result of having twin boys. And I was depressed, I was uh, lethargic, Fred was traveling a lot uh, for his job, and I was a mess still, physically, was still a mess. And even though things were going better in our marriage, we still had a lot of issues to work through. And my friend had recommended to me to try prayer. Now, I had had prayer, but she had recommended I go to what we had called the John G. Lake Healing Rooms of Grand Rapids, Michigan. So not knowing but trusting my friend, I went to uh, the healing rooms. And as I walked in, I didn't know how this would even work. How is getting prayer for my underactive thyroid, how is that even going to work? But I trusted because I'd just seen God move in our life in a miraculous way. So I went and I filled out a form and I said, I'm here because I have an underactive thyroid. I, um, I just went through a, a major <laughs> marital uh, breakup, reconciliation, the death of my marriage, really, and rebuilding. And I have four-year-old twin boys. I'm exhausted. That's all I said. So I filled out a form and they handed it to people that two people went and prayed in this room, and then they came and got me and then took me back into this room. I'd never had anything like this before. I knew healing was possible, but I didn't, I didn't even know anyone who had been healed. I didn't know anyone who had had a miracle. This was just simply trusting my friend to go get prayer. They took me into the room, and they looked at my sheet, and they said, Lori, we've been praying over your situation. And we're just hearing that God wants you to let him love you. And I just started bawling. How is that going to help my thyroid? Right? We battle with the thoughts because we want to rationalize. And I tend to rationalize, even as I told Jeremy coming up here, I have been in my head and I have to get into my heart because my rational brain fights against what the Spirit of God wants to speak through me. So I allowed them to minister, and they said, there's a scripture that we have for you, and it's 3 John 2. And this is really where the Created to Thrive podcast came out of. It says, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And they said, Lori, you are not allowing God to love you, and your soul is not prospering, and so you're not in health. I'm paraphrasing. So they began to just really minister to me, and I was a performer. I was striving to live up to a performance that I thought God had of me. I was very aware of my sin, of my past. I was constantly beating myself up by not being good enough, knowing the Bible enough, knowing all the stuff, just not being a good enough mom or whatever it was. And I had to receive God's love for me. So they took me through a process of uh, really let, ministering to how God loves me and scriptures, but really just having me look at how I thought God viewed me. And then they pointed me to Jesus and the cross that all of my sin was placed on Jesus. 
and that because I've made Jesus my Lord and Savior, I am hidden in Christ. God doesn't see me in my sin. He sees me as his daughter. Then they took me through the process of forgiveness. I couldn't look in the eyes of Jesus because of shame, condemnation, guilt. So they had me go through an exercise where I put all of my sin. They said, hold out your arms and imagine a bag, a paper bag, right in front of Jesus. And I want you to put all of your thoughts, all the negative beliefs, everything, all of that, in the paper bag. And as I did it, my arms started just going down. And then they said, I want you to now look at Jesus, and he's going to do something with that. Tell us what that is. And in my mind, I saw Jesus just go, he blew on the bag, and it engulfed in flames, and my arms shot up. And I knew I was forgiven. And I started weeping. And then they said, we need to, you need to forgive all those who have hurt you. I had sexual molestation from when I was a little kid. And so I had to go through a process of naming those people. I had to name them, and I had to release them and pray mercy upon them and bless them. Because for me to harbor that anger and bitterness, I had so much bitterness and it, that root of bitterness defiles me, right? It affected my physical body. And so I did. I named them, I forgave them, I released them, and I blessed them because Jesus said, Lori, if you don't forgive them and you don't forgive yourself, then I'm really not Lord. You're still the Lord of your life. Because Jesus had been my Savior, but I hadn't really made him my Lord. So I forgave, I released and all of a sudden, I was just filled with so much lightness and joy. My countenance changed. And then they prayed over me. They prayed blessing over me, blessing over my body. And I left with joy. I had never told them, and had never even thought about it, that I had had polycystic ovarian syndrome, which meant, sorry guys, I never really had menstrual periods. I'd had two a year. I was very irregular. I was an athlete. But it was hard to get pregnant, so I had to take drugs in order to get pregnant. But I went back to having polycystic ovarian syndrome after we had twins. Never thought anything of it. It was just part of who I was. Within a few weeks, I started a menstrual cycle, and I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Month later, another one, another one, another one, another one. That was in 2006. I've had a regular monthly menstrual cycle. I'm 55, I'm still having them. And it's praise God. God did a miracle in my body. I received God's love. I forgave myself. And I forgave others. And I was healed miraculously. We never prayed about that. But as they prayed over my soul to heal and my body to line up, that's part of salvation what Jesus offers, that my, pro that my body would prosper, I would be in health as my soul prospers. That opened up a whole new world for me of wanting to release healing to other people. 
Fred and I went to um, Bible college. That's another story for another time. And we wanted to know God. It was not seminary. It was strictly the Bible. And this became normal for us, seeing heaven on earth. Signs and wonders follow those who believe. We don't chase after them. They're part of our Christian experience. And we saw all these miracles happen all of the time. So I'm very passionate about it. We don't seek those, but we seek the one. Just like Jesus, water turned into wine, Mary said, do whatever he tells you. Look to Jesus and then follow him. And then the signs and wonders follow. So that is my story, which really doesn't have anything to do with this particular scripture, but I wanted to open you up to think of God can do the unexpected. We're talking about miracles. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God, but it does take our cooperation. It says, Jesus says in Mark 9, nothing is impossible, or all things are possible for those who believe. That's what we're going to talk about more today, and I will give you another miracle at the end, as I promised uh, Katie's daughter that, there you are, that it's a hockey miracle, so it's a fun one, and it will apply to this scripture today. <laughs> so I'm going to read from John 4, 40 through, through 54. It says, at the end of the two days, Jesus went to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. Jesus asked, Will you never believe me? And will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? The official pleaded, Lord, please come near, or please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, Go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. While the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had, to be, had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that this was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. I'm a Bible teacher, so I could go on and on. I love connecting the dots of Scripture, but because we only have a short amount of time, I'm just going to give you some nugget points. When we look at Scripture, I want you to look at what is Jesus doing? Who is he talking to? Uh, why is he saying this to these types of people? Um, how do I engage Jesus? What do I, how do I feel if I am right there? What is that like to be in that situation? It's so important that we engage Jesus when we're reading the word. And we have the Holy Spirit who's in us, present, 
who is our counselor and our helper and our teacher so we can ask questions. And so I love to take it and apply it to my life. So because of the sake of time, I'm just going to do some key, key points here. Um, and when Jesus says some things, just like we, we talked about on Tuesday night when Jesus, uh, when Mary said, Jesus, do something, and he says, woman, it's not my time, that's not a derogatory statement. <laughs> and if you weren't there Tuesday, we'll have to talk about that other time. But when Jesus says here, he says, it sounds like he's rebuking them and saying, you know, you're not going to believe in me unless you see signs and wonders. You go back up into John chapter 4, and it's about Jesus going through, it says he had to go through Samaria to meet that woman at the well. She was not a Jew. And a miraculous thing happens where Jesus reveals himself to the Samaritan woman as Messiah. And he does the supernatural where he tells her things about herself that there's no way he would know if she'd been married five times and the one she's living with now is not her husband. And the fact that he revealed himself to her, opened her eyes, she became the first evangelist. She went back to Samaria, her hometown, told everybody that shame had been gone. And I know what that's like when that shame is lifted off of you because you've encountered the Messiah, the Savior. Jesus had just done that, and then she told her town, they believed, but then they encouraged Jesus to stay with them two days longer. And it said they all believed. And it doesn't say that he did any signs and wonders there, miracles for them to believe. So if you read that, and now we go into where he's saying, you're not going, because he's talking to the Jews, you're not going to believe unless you see a sign and wonder. He had just been talking to people that believed him at his word. Does that make sense? So when you can start doing this, you can start to say, oh, okay, this is what he's, he's talking about. So am I going to believe Jesus at his word, or do I have to see something miraculous in order to believe that he is the Christ? Do you see? So let's go back into the man. He is an official of like Herod's regime, and he is there. He ran 20 miles he had heard about Jesus doing miracles. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's in Romans 10, 17. So first we need to hear the good news of Jesus, the gospel. And then he humbled himself and he ran 20 miles or so to get to where Jesus was. And his response in this, in this text that I read is Lord, in other translations it says Sir. It is humbling himself to say, basically, I know that you are master over all. So he acknowledged Jesus when he said Sir or Lord. But it was still more of, it was an act of faith, it just wasn't confirmed quite yet. See, faith is a journey, step by step by step. I say we grow in our knowing who God is and who he has called us to be because we're created in his image and his likeness to be his hands and feet here on the earth, releasing his power and his love and his life to others. 
And then he asked Jesus to do a miracle. And Jesus wants him to take him at his word. And he says, come on down with me. See, here's another thing, too, we have to be aware of. We tend to think that, God, I want you to do something, and I want you to do it this way. And then we can get disappointed when it doesn't happen that way. So we need to be aware of that and just say, Lord, you know what is best. I just humble myself. I want to hear you and believe and trust you to take that step, to do what you want me to do. Like Mary said, do whatever he says. And he believed Jesus, and he he didn't just, he ran to Jesus, he believed Jesus, and the peace of God caused him to walk the 20 miles home, because it wasn't until the next day that his servants met him and said, your son was healed the moment Jesus spoke the word. To the natural mind, we don't understand how Jesus can transcend time. He is outside of time, and there's no distance in time. And it says that he then believed, and his whole household believed. His faith was now confirmed. Kind of like what I told you at the very beginning. We had our first pastors come, which was amazing, because now we are in our house with our pastor. And Pastor E is a great pastor. And I don't know if you've, you just, we've been to so many different places and had so many different pastors that really weren't pastors. They were more evangelists or teachers. He is an amazing pastor. His whole household believed. His faith was confirmed. And so when Julie's parents came in and represented the very first pastor we had ever encountered, our faith grew knowing this is for sure our home. Does that make sense? I'm trying to make it practical and real because we can see these things in Scripture and go, how does that really apply to me? So that's what I want to do. I want to help you. All right, for the sake of time, you can read this on your own. Um, you can throw it up there, Matthew 8, 5 through 10. This is about six months later, a centurion, who's a Roman soldier, basically has a similar story, but he tells Jesus, at your word, you give the command. You don't need to come to lay hands on my son. You just speak the word because of the authority that Jesus had. He is creator of all things at his word, and Jesus marveled at this, and he said, I've not seen any type of faith in all of Israel, meaning it was an outsider, just like the Samaritan was an outsider that Jesus revealed himself to him, or revealed himself, and it wasn't the Jews, because the Jews, the, the, the religious people, the Pharisees, Jesus is right in front of them, and, and there's, he's saying, listen, you read about me through the scriptures, but I'm standing right in front of you, and you don't even recognize me. So we have to be aware of our expectations. God wants to be total dependent, to trust him at his word, not how we think it's going to happen, but his word is true. We do need to attach our trust and belief to that and then take that step of action. I, um, I'm going to put that up there, put up the podcast just so you know. If you want to know more, I go deeper into a teaching. I, I did a podcast, episode number 71, 
uh, called New Level Faith, Believe God to Do His Works. And it's based on John 6, 28, because it says, Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them and said, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Believing and trusting, Jesus is enough. His word is true. But we need to attach our faith to his grace and release that. So here's my hockey miracle. Didn't forget about you. Our boys started playing hockey. Uh, after Bible college, we moved back to Michigan, and it was, uh, what, 2014, I think. And we were in a hockey tournament, and they were out there playing, and one of the boys got hit really hard against the boards and went down, and he couldn't stand up. Basically, uh, they came and they got him, and we knew something was really bad, and his knee had been blown out. So he couldn't even stand. We were the parents. I was in the stands. I went down to where the, the mom was because the dad was over by the bench. And I just went to her and I said, we're going to pray right now. I knew she was a believer-ish. I didn't really know where she was in her faith, but I knew she knew that she could pray with me. And I just said, we're going to pray and we're going to speak to his body and we're going to command it to line up with God's word and that this will not have any damage to him. And so I was just talking with her about she had authority over his body as his mom to pray this and to speak, because Jesus said speak to this mountain, right? If you have the faith of a mustard seed, tiny, 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 which we've been given the faith of Jesus, we can speak to that mountain and call it removed. Speak to those obstacles. So I was just kind of teaching her a little bit and then prayed over her and told her how to go pray for her son. And five hours later, we had another hockey game. So as we were waiting, uh, we got a text a couple hours later saying that he was, they had to take him to the ER, and the dad had said, and the dad was in the military, so he knew what a blown-out knee looked like. And he had said, this is a blown-out knee, but by the time they got to the hospital, got x-rays a couple hours later, they're like, well, we might think it's just a bad bruise. Five hours later, they come in through the doors. We were in the lobby of the hockey arena. The dad's eyes were big like saucers, and he said, I don't know what you did and what you prayed. We just had a miracle. His son started that hockey game. He said, my son couldn't even stand to take off his gear five hours earlier, and that knee was completely blown out and now he's starting. What's even more amazing that I didn't know, see, a lot of times we don't know things right away until later on. Sometimes we never know until eternity. That family had had a very bad experience with church, and that boy had been deeply wounded by the church to where they had left church, and they were angry at God angry at the leadership because of what had happened to their son. This was a God opportunity to bring healing, not just to his physical body, but to his heart and to the family's heart, to where they opened their heart up and went back to a different church 
but started their healing journey with the Lord to have the life that they really wanted. I say these things that we're, we're talking about miracles, but I want you to enter in to how Jesus wants to work in your life today. We want the fullness of God, and it's about falling in love with Jesus. That's my answer. It's not knowing the Bible more. That helps because God's word, we've got to know his character, his word, his life is in the word. But it's through that personal deep relationship, and it's through love. And Mary's compassion drew upon God's grace for her to release that to Jesus, to say, can you do something? My invitation to you is to say, Lord, I'm available. Allowing his love, his life and truth to flow through you, to not only reach you and your family, but to others. I want you to think about what do you want to believe God for? Someone had asked me that question years ago, and it was the first time I had ever even thought about it. They said, Lori, what do you believe in God for? Because God has to have something to work with. You know, zero times a thousand or zero times a million is still zero. We have to give God something to work with. And that's our trust. That's our belief. And so as I pray, receive this. Don't try to do this alone. Come up and we want to pray for you. We want to believe God with you. And we want to see lives changed because Jesus is real and people need to know he is alive and active. All right. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for him paying the price that we could never pay, for being our sacrifice, our total payment for sin becoming a curse for us. All sickness and disease and curse and sin, everything from fallen man was put on Jesus. That he who knew no sin was made sin so that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So Holy Spirit, have your way. I just release the very love and life and peace of Christ into your bodies, into your souls, and say, be made whole in Jesus' name. I thank you that your word will not return void, Father God, but it will do what it is set out to accomplish. Healing, deliverance, blessing, just your overflow of love and life and light. We receive it with joy. And we thank you, Father. It is all for your glory. In Jesus' name. Friend, I hope you were blessed by today's episode. And I pray it encouraged you or helped you grow in some way. 
If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who's been praying for a breakthrough or they want to grow or need encouragement or empowerment? I would also love it if you would go take 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how I know you're liking this podcast, and it also helps others become aware that I exist and they can hear the gospel. You can take a screenshot also of your review and then share it with me on social media. Tag me at Lori, L-O-R-I-K-A-Y Snyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, Lori K. Snyder. And that way I will know too.